Hey, Heidi. <laughs> good, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing a good lazy morning. As you can see, I'm uh, not quite uh, up and at them yet. That's okay. I'm jealous. I, I couldn't sleep in this morning and um, I wish I did. <laughs> it's, it's only a few hours in and I'm just like, when am I going back to bed? I know it's rainy and cold here. There's snow on the ground. So it's a good time to be uh, lazy. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the whole weekend, I mean, we had our first snow in the Massachusetts area and the Boston area and it was nice because I feel like, you know, I've been living here for almost two years and it's like, mm, where's that weather that everybody, you know, all that cold and snow not happening. hasn't happened. No. Yeah. So it was nice to get it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people don't like it, but I'm like, don't bother me. Yeah, I was kind of, I'm always excited for the first snow. Like it's, a, you know, make a pot of soup and be cozy. And But I will now bitch about the weather from this time on. Yeah. But the first snow is always nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I um we've already done like in Vermont we've done um massive shoveling when they had their first snow a couple of weeks back and like of course you know we the way our deck is and the way the roof line is we get tons of snow off the roof and we put a new deck down so it was so much easier to get the snow off but I don't know I'm like if I live here full time this is going to be part of my routine <laughs> yeah and it gets icy and it's it's not fun I'm like no I don't, I don't for some reason I still don't mind it I don't, I don't know something must not be right something's not right with you yeah yeah, yeah I know it's very unusual <laughs> but I'm I don't know maybe after a winter of living there I'll be like mm, I hate it yeah <laughs> let's yeah well, uh, let Keith do it yeah well the boys do help for sure and uh, but I don't again it's like raking and mowing and shoveling I don't mind any of that stuff I don't know what it is like my father would always do it when I was a kid and I always be like can I help can I help and he'd always look at me like what where's your brothers you know <laughs> like it's not normal for you to like to do this and I'm like no and I I love doing it so I don't know hasn't I like I like mowing the lawn I don't mind like digging garden work all that stuff but shoveling no first of all it's cold it's just like not fun to be out there and that motion of shoveling does hurt my back oh yeah like yeah you know that and it's the snow shoveling like I can like attack a pile of mulch and get it spread <laughs> on the garden it, that's not a problem there's it's a different motion with shoveling snow yeah it's like that real like low back really needs the to like twisting, engage yeah the twisting every, yeah. a lot of things are engaged and I but see I make it a competition with myself like my right side versus my left side and which stronger and I have to switch it up and then it's like you know that satisfaction of seeing the ground again or seeing the driveway again and yeah. I'm like this is yeah well that's why I like to mow the lawn because you look back and you're like look what I've done so good it's so satisfying <laughs> <laughs> oh so we had a big covid scare this week i mean not huge but max and i both came down with fevers on tuesday oh no so we were like well clearly we have covid right yeah. i mean what else could it possibly be so we were able to get test thursday we both felt achy and fevery tuesday and wednesday by Thursday, we were both feeling fine, but we had appointments to go get, you know, rapid and PCR. So we did that. We brought Norm along because I figured if we have it, he has it. And all everything came back negative. Oh. So I was like, I guess we were just regular sick. Huh. Which I'm like, does that still happen? Yes. <laughs> I've had regular sick a couple of times now, but it's short spurts of it, like what you just had, you know, yeah. fever, headache, aches, and then it's gone after two or three days or whatever. And it's like, oh. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's weird. I hate that. I hate that we're now getting tested for the common cold. <laughs> Just to yeah. be sure. Yep. But I have to say our testing site around here, um, we have like an urgent care right in town who I actually love the doctor there. I've made her my primary care physician because my, my original primary care physician retired. So I now just use urgent care for anything, but, um, they are fantastic. They set up a shed in the parking lot. You don't even get out of your car. You just drive through. Nice. And our appointment was at four because they start, to, they just do a huge line of cars. Everyone comes and they do from like four to five. So, but they tell you to get there at three 30 and then they actually start testing early. Ah. So we, we got there at three 30. We were home by three 38. Oh, wow. Cause it's literally, I mean, it's right in town. So it was so quick. Nice. So I really have to like, cause I've heard horror stories of people like waiting outside for three hours and yes, we had none of that. Our experience was like, couldn't yeah. have been easier. So that was good. 
That is good. Yeah. I, it's still, yeah, it's still freaky. Like we just saw the case reports in the high school and they shot up like, I don't know, a hundredfold. It's just like not surprising, you know, but, and like the, you know, the principal was principal was excited that we had a snow day just to give people time to get better and to recover yeah. and give some distance. And, and it's sort of like, mm, I mean, not that I'm a fan of remote, but it's like, right. Should we have done more testing right off the bat? Like, again, it's up to the parents and the kid. It's tough. Like I, this is all tough. I don't know. Yeah. It's all tough. And who knows what the right thing to do is, but no. I was glad I did. I was almost not hoping that I had it, but being that it just felt like a cold and achy, I was like, well, if we do have it, great, because obviously this is our reaction, right? We're just going to feel like we have a cold. So I was almost disappointed that it was negative because I was going to be like, great, now that's done. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to run out and try to get it. So no, no. And I think that's the the shift now that I feel like people are like, oh, just get it. And I'm like, I don't, I still don't want this. Like, I'm sorry. Even the lightest form to me is damaging to your body. And if you can avoid it, try, you know, just there's no point in um, wreaking a, a virus on yourself, particularly because it affects the respiratory system so badly. And there, I think there are things that we still don't know about it, that all those yeah. long COVID stories scare me. Like those, I'm like, that's going to be me if I get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a friend who has that. She got it like in April of 2020 mm. and she, you know, she steadily gets better, but her hair fell out. She for you know, and I mean, I haven't talked to her now in a couple of months. I know her through work. Um, but you know, the last time we were doing something collaborating together, she was saying, you know, and this was this year. I mean, it, she had had it for over a year. It was over a year ago that she had had it, and she still said, like, there are some days she wakes up and she just has to stay in bed all day, or she'll get winded like walking into the grocery store and she just has to sit down. You know, like she just is having, and she is not she's like a toughie. I mean, she's not a complainer. She, you know, from when I knew her, she just doesn't strike me as somebody who, you know, some people just tap into any feeling that they're having and feel it very deeply and are going to go with it. Right. Like she, she is not like that. Like, you know, mm. like, mm -hmm. um, so it does scare me. Yeah. 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 No, I, 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 I had a couple of friends similar who just, who are still months and months later, just still feeling. And I've had like a, um, a friend of mine who has autoimmune issues and she specifically was like, I, I, after a year, I still don't feel back to normal. Actually it sort of exacerbated her other auto, her autoimmune issues. Like it's just made those things a little bit more hard to manage and just kind of, and it's, you know, again when you're in tune with your body you do notice those differences and can you imagine all the people who are just like yeah I've had it I'm fine it's like no I don't think so like I think there are just lasting effects that we're just not fully aware of and yeah and I, I think know. there probably are plenty of people who do get it and it's a cold and they're fine but you just don't know who you are like you yeah. don't know what category you're going to be in like you hope for the best yeah and statistically you probably will be in the better category but I'm not licking any doorknobs like mm -mm. no and I, I don't know if it's right or wrong I honestly don't know the answer to this but I feel like my reaction to the vaccines and the booster is more of like a telltale sign of what it would be like for me if I got mm -hmm. COVID and I've every single vaccination shot I've gotten has been two to three days worth of fevers and chills and you know headaches and body aches and I had to stay in bed type of thing so I'm like mm. <laughs> nope <laughs> that's a precursor to what I'm actually going to deal with it when I if I get it not looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so what is your, uh, you had in our notes, college decision? Has the college decision been made? No. Oh, no. <laughs> I, um, so, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. The kids got into most of the schools that they applied to. Um, you know, we have this one situation that is really stressful. And, and that is the one school that one of my sons got into, he didn't get into his desired major. Okay. And now this has caused so much stress and anxiety and arguing <laughs> because <laughs> we, we've gone back to the school to say, can you help us understand what is the path to get into the desired major? Like how long will it take? What was he missing to begin with that he didn't get in? And what are the steps or, or classes and things and how long will it take? So we're, we've gotten some answers, but they're kind of vague. And it's more like, come here and we'll help you figure it out. And I'm like, not for that much money. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and it's like you, 
we had such a great impression. We loved the school when we visited it. You know, we liked the program that he was going for. So we've now like, it's really stressful where I, we have to balance what we think is the right thing to do in our brains in mature, yep. you know, experienced brains to say, you know, you're going to go into a program, like you're going to go in undeclared into a different school, right? A sub school of the school, right? And have to work your way into the program you want to be in. And we don't know how long that's going to take. We don't know what classes you need. We don't know what threshold you have to meet to get in. And then are you competing with all the new kids that want to get into that program in a year? You know, so, so yeah. is the hurdle even higher versus the three other places that have accepted you into the program that you're looking, the major you want. Yeah. Automatically. So to me, it's Ooh. a no brainer, but he yeah. needs to feel comfortable. So we had one of those, you know, he, we were arguing at the dinner table, which is not what we intended to do in the outset of the conversation. We just wanted, what I just started to lay out with you is what we discussed with him and immediately was, you're pressuring me to go to this other school. And I said, right. no, oh. I never said that, you know? And because no, you're talking, first of all, you're talking to irrational people. Right? Yes. <laughs> Hormonal, <laughs> moody. Because we that's what happens. You're like, wait, how did this conversation get here? This was not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And and we've done like deep dives over the break. We did these deep dives in both to all the schools that he got in and all the programs and we're like comparing them. And um, yeah, clearly the one school that I'm leaning towards, actually the three other schools he got into, any one of them would be fine. Um, but the one that we're sort of leaning towards the most, we feel like it is probably the best program. And we've heard from so many people that it is. But again, not yeah, hearing that's that. the thing, right? And it's and you know they're not they don't have the insight yet to say like, all right, this isn't exactly what I'm going to do, but this is where I'm at, and I'm going to give it my all. Yeah, seventeen and eight year old, eighteen year olds don't typically have that insight. So if he's going there, and even a smidge of him doesn't want to be there, you know, right. they don't they don't put in the effort. They don't. They're like, I didn't really want to be here anyway. I mean, not always. You know, he certainly may rise to the occasion, but that's just kind of what kids do. You know. Yeah. And I'm worried that the flip side of that, of like, he's like, well, I will take a summer class. I will do this. I will do that. And I'm like, but we still don't know if you go to the school that you say you want to go to um, and not in your desired major, like you don't have a backup plan. Like yeah. You haven't decided what else you want to do. I mean, he has had this lifelong dream of being what he wants to be. And it's like, now you, this is throwing all in the wrench just because you want to go to the school. No. Why are you giving up what you're passionate about? Because the school didn't like, right. it just, it drives. It, it doesn't drives make his, sense. No. What about saying to him? Because I bet if he does his freshman year at this other school in that major and then applies for his sophomore year to the school he really wants to be, and he has a year under his belt in that major, then they're definitely going to let him into that program. Yeah. So we talked about that too. And I feel part of me feels like the downside of that is you're starting off at a school um, as a freshman and you're making friends and then you're going to leave them and start all over again. Yeah, and that's true. I don't feel that for him, we've done that a few times now <laughs> with the changes <laughs> in schools that he's been through. And I just, I feel like, no, once you go, you commit because he's also got to be part of what the one thing with his major, they offer uh, in both schools actually, but they offer a five-year program so he can go and get his master's in one extra year. So, okay. which he needs yeah. if he's going to stay in this space. So it's a pretty good deal. Like you can't really argue with yeah. it, like that yeah. approach. But so I feel like, yeah, he could probably switch. Um, but like really, you know, like the second, third, fourth, third, fourth year of your, of your college experiences, that's when the meat of the program, like your desired major classes and all that stuff is actually happening. So yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I think what we, we're, we're trying to do um, is we have meetings with the school, uh, his second choice school, essentially. Um and we're trying to do a tour, like again, like we, we did a tour, we didn't really like the tour and it was a crappy day. So we've, we've watched videos now, we've, um, we're reaching out to people we know whose kids went there, where um, he's speaking to the admissions counselor, he has like a virtual webinar in a couple of weeks. I think we just have to go back down there and him yeah. just do another walk of the campus and just kind of like meet another student that is in his major. Um, there is a Facebook group that we're now a part of. So like, that's been helpful just to kind of see, you know, if we know anybody kind of stuff, but I, I, I suspect some of the hesitation that he has is one, because he just didn't have a good impression 
the first time we went down there. But two, I think he knows some kids that are going to his first choice school. Mm. Oh, that's a big pull. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, I get that. But I'm like, but none of them are in his major. None of them are going to, he's ever really going to see. Yeah. But so I don't know, you know, like I think like his second choice school, one of the things they talked about is you get to choose, which I kind of like this, um, to live in a, in a residence building with your people who go or in your major. And so you have like-minded, you know, people who are pursuing the same things and you can kind of help and support each other in addition to meeting other people. But like, it's a kind of a different, I I, I think that's kind of interesting because I don't, had I done that in college, it probably I don't know, probably would have been good. You know, you would have had someone to lean on to kind of help navigate classes right. and projects and what you're learning and opportunities, you know, because a lot of a lot of what he's interested in is going to be based on like research and internships and, you know, lots of travel and lots of things he wants to do. But it's like, you know, you got to be in it and, you know, maybe connected to other people. He'll learn, he'll learn about stuff. He's a go getter, but to a point. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's what it is. It's the go getter piece. I mean, our college experience with our younger son, you know, he went to a university in Vermont, a major that we thought he would love, and he thought he would love. And, you know, when we went to the school, we toured the school, and of course, everyone is like super nice before you write that check, right? Yep. So we were told like all the things and all the supports, and someone even said to us like, there's no way any, no one here fails. They, they literally said these words to us. No one here fails because we're such a small school that mm. we always catch it, right? Okay. So fast forward to November when we're like, um, you seem to have had a really great time at school, but um, the grades, you know. Mm. So anyway, we're like reaching out and he reached, now this is his advisor, right? So he, I said, Max, you need to email your advisor and like, have a meeting with him just to kind of get an overall of where you stand, what, what's going on. So, and I said, and copy me on the email. Like I'm not, I mean, this was November. So I was not being a helicopter parent. I was very hands off, but at this point I was like, I just want to know what's going on. So, so I'm copied on the email. So Max writes this email to his advisor, you know, I'd like to meet and talk to you about X, Y, Z. And the advisor literally writes back, I don't know you that well, so I don't think I can help. (gasps) Reach out to your teachers. I was like, what? What? You know, I just find like. I would have flew off the handle. Like, what else is your job? Um, So, you know, I just find college is. I don't know, in our experience, I kind of, and I liked the school he went to. And listen, he had a great experience. Like he had a great time, but it was definitely, you know, we didn't get our money's worth in the way that we were hoping. Yeah. And and that's fine. Like he's home and he's fine and he's going in a different direction. And, you know, you chalk it up to experience. They're 18. This is just yep. what kids do. And the more people I talk to and talk to parents of his friends, like everyone is, well, a good majority of them are either home now or changed majors or changed schools or hate where they are. And right. there's also plenty who are doing great and love it. Like, right. you know, but it, it seems like they're all over the board. Yeah. So whatever happens is typical. And, um, yeah. you know, the schools are not, I think after the fact, the schools are not as helpful as you would think they might be. Yeah. And you really are out of the loop. Like they do not talk to you. So it's kind of, I don't think that the system is necessarily set up in a way that works for all 18 year olds. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's very clear to me how much, just even now we're trying to navigate this decision and, you know, um, coaching them on, you know, email responses and who to reach out to. And it's like, guys, like, you know, this is hard to some degree for them now. And can you imagine going into a school that you didn't get accepted into your major and you're going to have to figure, you're going to have to push your advisor to help you. And he doesn't yeah. know you or she doesn't know you and they have no vested interest in you. You're there. We're paying. Yeah. What do they care? Right. You know? And that's really what it is. I mean, I think all of the supports we were told about exist. I think they exist, but no one's offering them and they're not necessarily easy to find. Like no. the kid has to, pursue that yes and when there's also an ultimate frisbee team <laughs> right. ultimate frisbee is gonna win out <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like the boys are, you know, we started talking about like, you know, in nine months, like you're off to college and they're just like, uh, don't freak me out. You're scaring me. Let's not talk about it. And I'm like, <laughs> when are we supposed to talk about it? Like right before you go? Like, uh, it's, Dare you, you monster. <laughs> exactly. Like it's like a forbidden topic all of a sudden. And I'm just like, ah, oh. but you know, it's, they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, it's not like they've never been away from us and they've had, you know, you know they've traveled, they've, they've done things without us, but it's different. And for sure, to your point, you know, which is why I like his, my son's second choice school, where you can be with kids who are in your major. Cause I feel like if you don't know something amongst the other kids you're living with, who are doing the same program as you might have an answer for you. If you can't find that advisor or you're not getting that guidance you need, yeah. that maybe that will give you some comfort. Cause like talking to a, you know, a, um, an engineer or like a liberal arts kid who's going to be like, ah, what? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a really nice feature. And just, I would imagine the kids that are total go-getters and are, you know, blazing the way, that energy is going to rub off on the whole group Yes, and kind of move everyone forward together, which can be a really good thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And I think, you know, it's, once you get past whatever his reservations are about a second choice, um, it's like, he lights up. Like we we watched this video yesterday of, and it was just kind of random that the host name was his name. And he was like, what is this? They're up against me. And the first kid that they highlighted was someone in his major. And she talked and she's in her fifth year. She talked all about the program at the school. And he was just like, and you know, it was a lot of visuals, all the things he mm, wants to do. Good. And he was just like, wow. Okay. It was real in a way that he hadn't seen before at this particular place. So it was good. I mean, I just, you know, he's, he's warming up to it, but I think it's definitely a delicate thing where you can't, you can't push, you know, and, nope. and he talked, you know, he, he talked to some other people who were like, you know, it's your decision, but your parents are paying for it. So they do have a say, you yeah. know, so don't, yeah. you know, don't think like you're just, it's all you. Cause right. I mean, again, there's just, I think the hard part is this isn't high school, you know, this is, this is no guarantee you're going to get in to the program you want. And I think that to me, if we had some assurances, um, which again, what if he doesn't meet their threshold, then we're at a point where, right. We're shit out of luck. We're, you know, we're out of money. Uh, and now what right. do you do? And when, again, yeah. when no, you, you know, your passion. Yeah. I agree with you. I would probably be pushing for that other school too. No, no, not pushing Heidi. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gently suggesting. Gently suggesting. You're still a monster. Gently suggesting in their minds equals monster. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's fascinating. I mean, so the other one, the other kid, my other son is, he didn't get into his first choice. He's waitlisted on his first choice. Um, and it's tough. They're a tough school to get into. Um, he loves it. So he has an opportunity to like write another letter, share some more things that he's doing, and we're, you know, we're working on it. I mean, it's, it's hard. Um, he's going to be given a, a decision in March. So we kind of have to wait. Now his second choice school is my other son's first choice school. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's tough. Yeah. So his second choice school, he got in, he got into the program. He's very excited. He would actually go there in a heartbeat. No problem. Like he has no problem going into the second choice school. It's the yeah. first one that if it's just a little bit out of reach, um, and it's a tough school to get into. So the fact that he got waitlisted, I think is a great thing, frankly, because, you know, they could have just said no. Um, but yeah, we have to like write the letter of his life to just sort of be like, no, no, this is why we want to go here. Um, you know, in this environment, waitlisted, I think you have a greater chance of getting in because so many people are making so many alternate plans all the time um, because of COVID. So waitlist now, probably your chances of getting in are upped than they would have been in years past yeah yeah and i mean yeah i think he's got a shot i mean that's what it is we're just going to take it you know and if it doesn't yeah. it doesn't pan out we know that his second choice is still a very solid good choice yeah and, and that's going to be a fantastic thanksgiving if you um gently encourage one to go to the other school and then the other one goes to that one's first choice i'm not coming for thanksgiving just so you know no well and i it was funny i started looking up like because this is now the stuff that goes through my head because we thought they were both going to go to that one school they, they both got in right you know we were like yeah. oh, maybe they'll both go there and then the major things screwed everything up but um i started looking at like move-in days 
parents weekend. And I'm just like, Oh no. But thankfully they don't overlap. I mean, you know, if they hold true to what they did in this past year, we will roughly be around the same time. So my son who didn't get into his first choice will not likely be there for the move-in day. <laughs> so, good. <laughs> I'm like, maybe that's a good thing. He won't see when yes. he's quote unquote missing, you know, but, um, yes, but you know, they're, they're, good. Like, they're like, um, you know, they can take an Amtrak train to each other. Like it's actually kind of nice because the schools are connected that way and they shot through Boston. So it's like, they'll see each other if they really wanted to under two hours, you know, and like, and I think they will do that. You know, I think they're connected enough in that way, obviously being twins, but so it'll be interesting. I, I'm not, um, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but it's not like they've been attached to the hip in school for their entire life. We did that on purpose when they were young, we split them up. Right. And they've come together in and out of their school career. So this is to me, I don't know. I'm not a twin, so I don't know what it's like, but I, I know from them that there's a, a codependency to a certain degree, probably one heavier than the other. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, they probably wouldn't really even see each other much in, in the same school anyway. Yeah. They don't want to live together. Like they don't. Yeah. Max. So Max was in a suite and because of COVID, everyone had their own room. Like they were supposed to be doubles, but everyone had their own room. So it was four rooms and then a shared common space. And Max made friends at school. He had a group of friends. He didn't even know the three other kids. Like I'd be like, but who are your roommates? And he'd be like, well, uh, one's name is... <laughs> Uh, I forget. <laughs> right. Like he didn't, you know, it's like amazing to me that you really hone in on your little group and then not necessarily others. Yeah. You know, it's like within this school, you're kind of isolated with the friends you choose. So yeah, right. They may not see each other at all. No, no. And they don't, you know, they wouldn't likely live together if they went to the same school. Um, or Actually, I know they don't because I know they one of them doesn't want to room with his brother at all he just like you know how am I going to make friends if I'm always rooming with my brother kind of thing so right, right. um I don't think they would but yeah I don't know it's, it's the whole like I said a lot it of is, like, it's fascinating and it's a journey and there's no there's ups and downs it is a roller coaster it really is and you know I used to have jet like I remember my older son had his one of his best friends went away to school and like failed out of his first year and came home and it was kind of like just this disaster experience and I remember like, not just, like I understood and I, his friend, his friend is a really good kid. Like I knew it was just these things happen, but I was kind of like judging him and not judging the parents, but like assuming how they must have felt. Right. And now having been through, you know, my older son who did not like school and, you know, my younger son who struggled in different, anyway, I'm like, nope, whatever happens is just normal. It just it like, is. Yeah. No, I mean, how are you supposed to know at this age? I mean, I, I think what motivates you, because obviously this is brought up for Keith and I so much of our experience from many years ago. Um, and I was, I was saying to him when I started my freshman year in college, I was supposed to room with my best friend from high school and she didn't show up. Yeah. And like, I think that day or the next day I got a phone call about telling her, telling me like, yeah, I had to drop out. And it was like this whole story. And I was like, oh, and so I had no roommate my freshman year, first semester, which, you know, in hindsight, yeah. I loved, Good. but at the same time, it was hard because it wasn't what I was expecting. And I thought yeah. I was going to, you know, go through this college experience with my best friend and we were going to navigate and have a great time. And I was alone and I cried and I was just like, oh, and then, but like, my neighbors on the same um, hall were some of them were singles as well. And they were just like, don't worry. Like my door is always open. And I had a great friend, you know, many, many friends. And I went from a single to a triple at the, the next semester. Cause I was like, I, I wanted to meet, but I want, I was alone the entire time, you know, and I didn't like it. I really, the whole point for me was like, I wanted to make friends. I wanted to start over. I wanted, so, so this is kind of like resurface all the experiences that we had. And, you know, Keith had a different experience than I did. And we just keep talking about like, it, there is no right answer, you know, like what motivated me to navigate through all of that. I mean, I could have just dropped out too, or could have went to the community, you know, just yeah. changed schools and been like, screw this. I'm not doing it, but I did it. And again, what motivated me was very different than what motivates my boys. Yeah. So, and I have to remember that they're not me. Nope. No. Yeah. A triple, I would have dropped out for sure. <laughs> It was fun. We had actually. I'm an, a good time. I'm an only child. Sharing a room with anyone would have been a deal breaker for me. 
<laughs> no. Yeah, it was big. It was a big room. <laughs> I liked it. Oh, funny. Yeah. There is a show on a channel on YouTube that I have become obsessed with. Oh. It is it's American Viscountess. Mm. So it's about this woman, Julie. Uh, she's a yoga instructor. She grew up in like Indiana, Iowa, one of those states. And uh, she meets and marries a Viscount. Mm-hmm. So she now, you know, lives in England and in Dorset. Yeah, the township of Dorset. And they have this like amazing old house. And she kind of goes through. It's kind of like if Lady Mary from Downton Abbey yeah. was like your girlfriend. And like you could just talk to her about like real things. <laughs> so, you know, she kind of she gives you tours of the house and she talks about. So like her husband's great grandmother was an American and apparently like it was very common for wealthy American families to send their daughters across the pond to marry and they would offer money in exchange for this title because to run these houses was so incredibly expensive, right? Mm. Because the tax, the way that those houses were taxed, you know, these big old castle houses you were taxed on like not only the house and the land, but like who lived there and how you used it and any money you made on, like the taxes were just unbelievable. So it was very inviting for these families to have their son marry a wealthy American who could, you know, either bring over a ton of money or keep a stream of finance coming in. Um, And of course it was appealing for the women, I guess, to have this title Um, So that's, you know, his, his great grandmother came over that way and they have, she takes, I guess all of these old houses have a room and there's a name for this room and it's like near the library, but it's not the library, but it's like a room where just documents are kept and they have like, it's amazing. So they have like all of the correspondence that the family received and like letter writing was huge. Yeah. So they have like you know, just volumes and volumes of like personal letters and just all of this information about huh. these people and like their clothing is still there and their jewelry is still there. It just there's just so much history and she gives tours of the gardens and and she's kind of just very like down to earth and kind of makes fun of the some not makes fun of the things, but like makes fun of her ignorance when she first came over to like the rules and the traditions and like how how many times she messed up setting the table or you know said the wrong thing and um it's just really American Viscountess it's really I just am finding it very interesting because I've been uh organizing the house all weekends and because we got our PCR test back last night so we weren't going anywhere until we knew we were negative So I've been binging that channel on YouTube and cleaning out my kitchen cabinets. <laughs> Not preserving everything, right? <laughs> yeah, but... Um, that is fascinating. My countess, really, like, I just am finding it fascinating. You know, like, their traditions and the house and the, the Aga stove that's always on. Now I'm obsessed. I want an Aga stove, which is this... They're, like, these big cast iron stoves that are always on. They never go off. They're hmm. always hot. And What's like, the there's fuel? all these. Like, is it gas? So, or is it um, theirs, I think, is propane or it wasn't wood because that was, I was like, is it a wood stove? Um, it's, it was some sort of gas. So, either propane or natural gas or oil. Um, mm. And it's on all the time. So, there's like this center box that's, you know, hot. But because it's this big cast iron thing, I would imagine to keep it hot is really relatively low in resources because once it gets hot, it stays hot. Yeah. And then depending on like what door you put your thing in, like one compartment, based on its proximity to that central chamber, one is at like 400 degrees, one is at 200 degrees. So you can either cook or warm. And the same thing with the top, there's like these three um, spaces and it's very well insulated. So it's not like it doesn't seem like it's wasting a lot of energy. It's just always on. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And these houses are so cold that like it keeps the kitchen warm. So it's kind of dual purpose. Like it serves right. as your heat as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And the, so the three top burners that are always on, like one is boil, one is simmer, one is, you know, whatever. It's just they're and they're they're just neat and they're in neat colors. And I don't know. Now I want to go live in a castle. Sure. So, <laughs> that's <practical>. pretty, <laughs> pretty sure that's my uh, that's where I belong. Yeah. Yeah. No, clearly. Um, I, and I find that so fascinating. I'm like, as much as I want to get rid of stuff like certain things like that, like family history, like I, you know, I'm caring more and more about like, how do you pass on and preserve some of that to your own kids? You know, like it's, it's interesting to me having, you know, someone immigrant, one immigrant parent, technically, I guess my mother somewhat, but like how culture gets um, lost how easily that can get lost, you know? And, and, and it's not just like, you know, you lose the language or whatever, but like, the customs of things and like, you know, I, I'm trying to teach my kids some basics of, you know, Spanish cooking that I grew up with that like they love, but like, I want them to learn how to cook it, you know, but like, yeah. we don't, we didn't keep reams of papers of all the recipes. Like I've captured some of that with my mom um, and, you know, things that she remembers, but she didn't keep any of it, you know? So it's like, I'm in this space of like, how do I hold on to some elements? You know, I mean, obviously I'm not going to, do what my mother did or, or, or live the life that she li- lived, but, or, or my father, but like, I, I've become really nostalgic for that. Like I want yeah. something for them to have. And they're so, they're, I mean, you know, they're multi-generation now here that they don't know that world the same way. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's I, true. I, I, and it does, you, you do realize how or like for the average person, your legacy is really, relatively short short like um I think of like my grandma Gertie right my father's mother who I was very close to and have great memories of both my grandmothers were really great um but grandma Gertie taught me she was from Germany and she taught me to cook German meals like I can make you know the homemade spetzel and the sauerbraten and the red cabbage and all the you know I'm good with all the German cooking Um, you know, and she really taught me these meals and now I usually make them for holidays and I bring out my other grandmother's China and I make this recipe and my boys have watched me make it and I talk to them about it and I'm like, you know, this is grandma Gertie's spetzel maker and this is, you know, Nan, who's my other grandmother, who my older son got to know, um, and was very close to, you know, this is her China. And they're kind of, I mean, they're also young. So my older son is more sentimental. So they, I'm not going to say that they don't care, but I look at them and I'm like, these clowns are not passing this information along to anyone. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, like they're just like, I hold this stuff dear. Right. Don't know that they are going to hold it dear in the same way. And then I kind of think, yeah, like your legacy for most people is like your kids and maybe your grandkids, right? Like I, I am holding on to Nan and Gertie. And then after me, right. You know, then their legacy kind of dies out with, you know, which is sad. And then you think about that. You're like, wow, it really is. You know, your mark is kind of short unless you are, you know, in one of these families that, keeps all of your possessions and keeps the same traditions, you know, does the same things generation after generation. Um, Or you are some sort of personality or written a book or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But even those things, you know, it's it's few and far between that that lasts through more than a few generations. Yeah. 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 I, I think, um, we did this for my husband's side of the family. They did a whole cookbook thing and they mm-hmm. blended um, family recipes from both um, from both sides and you know, with his stepmother and then with my, uh, my father-in-law and we all have it, you know, and it's, I mean, it's stuff that it, it's, I mean, it's their take on certain dishes, whatever, but it's, it's it is actually a nice thing to have. And eventually yeah. I, I will get, pass it along to, to my kids. Um, 
but I was like, I don't have that on my side of the family. So it's probably yeah. it's on like to-do list of like, I got to get my cousins to kind of get like, we need to create, I like it. I like that idea. And yeah, but we, what they did in that book on my husband's side is they actually wrote the stories of some of the recipes and where they came and who it came from. So the book is like, not just the recipes, but like where it originated from. And it's all like, it was a simple thing, but it, it took my, um, my, um, my husband's um, stepmother a while to pull it to, together. Sure. Yeah. She had, she had to knock on everybody's door to be like, give me all the recipes and tell me where it came from. And, you know, and so, oh, I'm so I, glad know. she did that. Yeah. It's a, uh, I think that kind of stuff is really neat. Um, yeah. I actually, and I've I really think. tried to pass it on to my kids, but you know, I, and I, I know this is a terrible thing to say, and, and I don't mean like because they're boys, but they, but <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> just don't you know like I have these beautiful blue glass juice glasses for my grandma Gertie and they're like delicate and they're unique and they're just like I can see how special they are no clue they right. could be mason jars to my boy like they right. just don't see it they they're don't just regular it's just glasses. not on their radar yeah yeah and it's interesting like right had you had girls would it have been different would they have appreciated right. it in the same way I, I I I agree with you I think there are certain things being a, um, a full-on boy mom that I think, oh, wonder what that would have been like had one of them been a girl or if we had a girl. Right. Um, you know, yeah. would things be a little different? How I feel in the household, you know, in the boy space, it's like, mm. you know, sometimes you're just like, wow, you feel very isolated, you know, as the only female. If you, you know, like I have boys who identify with boy stuff. Yes. And so then I'm kind of out of the loop and there, you know, there's just things that we don't, relate to no I haven't <laughs> yeah. had a shopping partner in a really long time no I, my one one of my sons loves food shopping which is rare it's because he likes to get his snacks <laughs> so but we end up having a great time and I'm like well at least you know he's willing to go you know and it's something yep. we look forward to together but um and my husband's happy to duck out like mm, I don't want to go to that <laughs> but you know it's it's funny how like as a result of not having someone to go clothes shopping with how much I don't go clothes shopping. I mean, not that I'm looking for anything now, but when yeah. I used to, you know, for work, whatever, I'd be like, oh, I'll just buy it online or I'll have it. I did that, you know, stitch fix thing for a while because I was like, who am I going with? Like, I know they don't care. They don't care about shoes <laughs> or quarantine. Like, so I have a good friend of mine has two daughters and you know, we, she was on my regular texting all through like the beginning of quarantine when we really were all staying home. And the girl, like her and the girls, they learned to quilt. They played board games every night. They all baked together. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm sitting alone. Like Norm's <laughs> right. playing Madden football, Max is out in the barn. Like nobody right. wants to do anything with me. And I was like, oh, it was awful. And Norm and Max would do things together. You know, they would like, they bonded in a different level. I was like, I was so jealous. Or like another friend who has a daughter and they like, they would binge watch all of these great, like they watched Bridgerton together. They watched, right. I was like, yeah, I'm alone. Right. I'll have to find <laughs> someone on Facebook to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think my boys would be happy when I would make stuff during the, during that period in 2020 and they, but they didn't want to learn it. You know, they weren't interested in like, you know, you're going to make the banana bread. Great. Go ahead and we'll eat it. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The only game I could get my boys to play because Max and Norm both pretty much hate playing games. I mean, they just are not. They're board game games. People. They call them board, yeah. not bored. Bored. B O R E D. That's what they my kids say, and I love yeah. board games. And I'm like, oh, I know, I do too. And my older son will play. Like he's a gamer, but. uh so the only game I could get them to play when we were all like really in lockdown was Uno. They would play <laughs> Uno with me. <laughs> I was like, fine, I'll take it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We did, what did we do? We did Cards Against Humanity was popular because they were getting old enough that they could play it and, and we'd have fun with it. Um, and then we did puzzles, which I never asked them to do puzzles. I just did puzzles and they joined me because you can't ask, no. And then the other thing was I, I ended up joining them. We we played a lot of Mario Party. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, the, that we did that too. Yeah, but like, yeah, no one would have been like, let's let's do a little book club and let's. 
No. And it's funny because now my older son has, you know, his fiance. And um, so she's, of course, here with us in holidays. And we were all a little hysterical because for on Christmas morning, each got a couple I mean our older son needed a new phone and even though he should be you know he's kind of on his own but we were like oh well if his phone was broken so we're like oh we'll get you a phone great right and uh you know but Kirby got all of the presents (laughs) she had she had like presents and the boys each had two and I was just I was like well because I just was so happy to shop for a girl yeah like it was just so much more fun to shop for her so definitely like she'll appreciate the blanket the candles, yes. whatever yeah whatever exactly. you're getting for their like home the cozy socks and the you know mm-hmm. she, she really likes chocolate covered cherries so I bought her like three different varieties of those and I, it was just more fun and I knew she'd appreciate the wrapping and the yeah. you know the stuff that the boys just don't no care about no no totally agree it's definitely different um I mean I wouldn't change it I I think certain things I'm um you know like I, I don't know that I would have been like the greatest girl mom I'm not sure I would have figured it out but like it's hard you know and I think it's I, hard I think it yeah the way it was the way it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah no regrets but it would have you know it would I think it would have been uh you know not it would have been good for me yeah to have a girl for sure I mean I just but then right you don't know it could have been a disaster no right we could be <laughs> at each other's throats and she right. would be right completely out of the house and yeah no yeah. totally yeah and I mean it's like it but I also think like I didn't have any sisters I had two brothers you know so right. like there are things that like I I do get a little envious of when I see uh friends of mine who have sisters I'm like oh I wonder what that's like you know yeah <laughs> and it's not that I'm not close with my brothers it's just you know it was just it's just different. It's just a different relationship completely. Yeah. I probably would have been pretty terrible because I'm an only child and not a very good sharer. And like, <laughs> and so the boys, you know, they'd always left my stuff alone. Like no one ever came after my clothes, my nothing, you know, nobody wanted any of my stuff. And they're always taking stuff from Norm. Yeah. You know, Norm's always like, I just bought, you know, a new pack of shirts and we are, they're forever just stealing Norm stuff. And I look yeah. at them and I'm like, you poor bastard. I am so happy no one wants any of my stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely happening with Keith and the boys that he doesn't, he's like, I lose things with, lose, lose things, you know, where they, they have it, they acquire them. And, and I'm like, well, what, what do you, you know, you know, he has a lot of those, um, he's got stuff on the t-shirt, whatever, a graphic t-shirt. So they love all his stuff and some of it's really old. So they really love all his stuff now. So they're just right. like, you know, throwing on these retro t-shirts that, um, go to school and people are like oh what's that you know and they feel cool with that stuff but it's yeah. funny to see that I'm like yeah I probably would have been the same if we had two twin girls you know being like right I love yeah they would be like too. all after your stuff so I'm kind of like well that is a plus nobody nobody in fact like you know or if you have to like hide some like if I have something I want to like hide like a really nice chocolate bar that I don't want anyone to eat I just anything like that just goes in my bra drawer because no one in this house that is like so taboo they would never go in that drawer so everything is safe there I can hide money in there yeah I can hide anything in there it's great same. no same <laughs> totally true like they there are certain places they will they won't touch my bedside table <laughs> it would be best if they didn't same. <laughs> We're always joking. We're just like, it's a good thing you guys go all the way downstairs. Stay there. <laughs> oh, I um, I have I have a, a question for you to see if you have any suggestions. So I'm 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 looking for some new books. I'm not that you know I don't have a stack of books on the bedside table, but not like more. a good yeah, like some meaty book. Some and something yeah. current. Like a lot of things I'm reading are kind of old books that I've been wanting to read for a while type of thing. And I'm, I'm getting through them and I'm enjoying them, but they're not things where I can just voraciously go through and be like, wow, that was so exciting. Like I, you know, they're really satisfying or whatever. Right. So I need some suggestions. So you need some suggestions. So let me look, I'm going to pull up my library app so that I can pull up what I've been reading lately. But have you read um, Samantha Irby? No. So she? she's, I read all her books over the summer. Um, and she's really gr- very funny writer. Mm-hmm. She's actually, um, 
the latest episode of she's a, now a producer on the new sex in the city and she was which i have issue i have new issues with this show it's getting me more mad every week but this week's episode i actually kind of liked and i realized and i then i she was the executive producer on this week's and i was like oh that's why because it was a samantha irby episode so samantha irby anything by her Okay. I would definitely recommend. She's, I just found her books really funny and interesting and raw. Um, really good. And then let me look up my history. Right now I'm reading a book called The Rosie Project. And it's about this like professor who's definitely like on the spectrum. And mm-hmm. he comes up with this idea that he wants to get married. So he comes up with this um thing called the wife project where he has this questionnaire and he wants to find like the perfect wife and instead he meets up with this girl Rosie who is like nothing like anything he normally you know thinks that he wants and kind of comes in and turns his life upside down um oh Kristen Hanna uh Mm -hmm. she wrote the four winds I read that that was really good um, and she's written a few books. I read a few of them this year. Kristen Hanna, really good. And also Lisa C. She wrote um, The Island of Sea Women. And what was the other book? It was like something and the, oh, I'm going to, I have to look it up. Okay. Not the Great Alone by Kristen Hanna was really good. Okay. Um, and The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. I read that. The Secret Keeper of Japur. That was good. I think that was the um, sequel to The Henna Artist. Did you read The Henna Artist? Mm-mm. Okay, so you there. There there you go. That's a good uh, good start. <laughs> yeah, I have to catch up. I have to go get my library card, actually, too. Um, yeah. I haven't done that. I actually, love the, um, our, uh, you know, I mean, they all do it. The, uh, the free books on my Kindle through the library. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm for, I, I always, I'm listening, listening to an audiobook book and, and have some, I'm always doing two books at once, mm-hmm. uh, one audio and one on the Kindle. Oh, interesting. Um, I just got a renewal notice for my New York library. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't, okay I don't live there but but yeah. it, re- it reminded me I'm like I don't have one here I'm like they built a completely new li- a library right next to my kids high school and I'm like it's beautiful I've never been in but the pictures look great so I'm like oh, I gotta get it. oh yeah go do it I know our library here which used to be your library which they're encouraging you to renew they have on the docket I I'm hoping it got passed I vote to, voted to pass it and then there was some more loopholes that they had to jump through but they have this whole renovation thing um mm-hmm you know, that they want to do, but it's going to pretty much close the library for like almost a year. Oh, wow. And so a lot of residents are really upset about it and don't want it to happen, which I understand like a lot of people, you know, maybe don't have the transfer. We have a lot of libraries in the area. So for me, I'm like, I'll just go to a different branch for a year um, because I, the plans look beautiful and they, they're expanding, they're putting in a cafe and you know, nice. for me, the way I use the library, I'm all for it. I'm like, that yeah. sounds delightful. Um, so I voted yes. Um, but I think, you know, for people like uh, one of the volunteers at work who I work with, he's very much against it. Um, but he lives in that area and he utilizes the library and like going to another branch wouldn't be so easy for him. And so like, I get that too. So I guess the vote, you know, whatever gets voted in is what will happen. But I'm, yeah. I'm like all for it. I'm like, yes, make libraries more appealing. And right, appealing. community centers. They should be community yes. centers. I mean, they act yep. like it anyway, but like have, I mean, it's like, I feel like the Y, the YMCA and libraries need to combine. Yeah. You know, and like kind of be, yeah. right? Like all of these different services where you go and like, you can read and you can do classes and you can swim and you can, like, there's Absolutely. like, you're like, yes, I love that idea. Like a community wellness center, yeah. incorporates all of those things and has a hub area of like I like the cafe idea oh totally having, um, yeah. yeah yeah well and I think I think when when we moved here the library wasn't open but the they had moved into like a next to our, um 
in a shopping center. So they took oh. over one of the uh, you know retail stores and became the library. So they stayed open. I don't think they had all of the things they had before, and I don't, I'm sure they didn't have yeah. the sheer volume of books. But they were like, "This is it for the community." And there there are of course other libraries, but they kept it open. So I, I wonder if that would be a possibility somewhere. Maybe. Like, relocating some aspects of it but 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 not far away like it can't be yeah I think that's the problem because you know for someone who's you know has a car and it's easy to get around for me to go to you know any of the libraries in any of the neighboring towns is like literally it's under a 10 minute drive I mean it's not a big deal but yeah it would be nice if they could keep resources available for people who don't have that option yeah yeah definitely so I see um you know with this snow have you been biking oh my god so biking in cold weather so I went the last bike ride I went for was last Monday um and then I came down with a fever right so that Monday though it was I went for a bike ride and it was 23 degrees out and the cold for me is not the problem even though I don't like cold I have all the gear and the you know, layers, whatever. And so, you know, once you get going, you warm up, that's not a problem. But that bike ride, it was like I was biking through cement. Like every rotation of the pedal was painful. Wow. And I was slow. I usually go around the lake. So it's a three mile thing around the lake. I usually am now, I go three times, right? Nine miles. Good. I went once. and it took me like Mm -hmm. twice as long as usual and it was so painful so I went once around so now because I'm clearly an elite elite athlete and part of forums and stuff you know I talked to all my biking friends I was like what happened I was like I went for a bike ride this morning and it was hell like what what is going on I was like is there something about biking in the cold and apparently there is so apparently cold air is just harder to move through. Oh, interesting. So it's a lot of little things. So cold air is harder to move through. The rubber on your tires, that, you know, that extreme cold gets so stiff that there's so much more resistance on the tires. Oh, interesting. And also the grease on your chain, like you wouldn't think, I mean, even cold grease is, not it doesn't seem like it's something that's going to give your legs resistance right but all of these little things combined you know like that just that little extra drag because the the grease is cold and all of those things kind of combined plus your um muscles work at a deficiency in the cold like it's harder for you to get your muscles going so apparently it's a thing it's just much harder to ride in the winter so maybe so, once around is like three times yeah well that's the thing by the time I went around once I was sweaty I was breathing heavy like it was definitely you know, the same amount of workout I get from nine miles mm-hmm. but it just feels so much worse and yeah. if, if you know you're like and of course I just joined so there's this um online thing we Norm and I did it uh once before so it's called the conqueror and you pick like a destination and they have ones that are like 60 miles up to like 2,500 miles. Right. And so you track your progress, you sign up for these races, you track your progress and they have like the, um, you know, the map, the street view of where you are. So you, you know, if you like, I'm signed up for one now that goes, you, your final destination is Vatican city. So you're kind of biking all along, right? It's like a 350 mile bike ride and your final destination is Vatican City. So if I put in that I went nine miles, it'll like show me what towns I went through and give me facts about that. And then at the end you get these, the medals are really cool, which is why we do it because there's these really cool medals at the month and they're not expensive. It's like 30 bucks to join. So for the motivation, it's kind of cool. So of course I just, Right before I biked in really cold weather, I joined one and was totally optimistic. I was <laughs> like, like, I'll do oh, it. I'll right. Do it. And I'm like, I'm going to do it in this many weeks and I'm beating everyone. Now I'm like, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> like, I I... Re- recalibrate. <laughs> yes. Like, is there a, can I extend that? Um, but yeah, so that's biking in the cold. I had no idea. Hmm. I'm not, like, I didn't really go this week because I was just sick and also didn't want to give everyone COVID. 
but uh yeah I have to like resume I'm gonna start again tomorrow morning and tomorrow morning's supposed to be like nine degrees so I know I feel like it's right <laughs> it's probably on the colder cold days don't go but I feel yeah. like the weather's so up and down that you'll I'm sure you'll find pockets where you can no and it's just I don't want to lose the momentum like it feels good my body feels good doing that movement like my hips are looser yeah my heart like every I just benefit from it so to not there's no days that are looking bomby like it's freezing every day so Mm. I'll just have to do it yeah yeah but like you said maybe like you don't have to do as much because it's it's a similar workout because yeah harder Oh, that's cool. That's good. I'm glad you're keeping up with it. I think that's that's really important. I'm I'm like on day seven of my daily yoga, which is important for oh, me good. because it's the same thing. Like I'm I'm feeling so much better than I did a week ago, just physically. But it's it's amazing to me how much your body craves something like that. You know, where you're just you need that movement and that stretching and that yeah, just yeah, that movement. Period. I don't know. So like I'm hoping it leads to more. Like my under the desk thing, I like. Oh, you do like it. Oh, I good. do. I do. I definitely, you definitely have to find, like, I have wheels on my chair, which is annoying. So we have locks on them now so that I don't move. Um, but I find myself, like, I've made it a little contest. I can keep track, you know, of how much time and how many strides. Um, and I'm not looking, again, I'm not looking to, like, it's not like it's going to lose a ton of weight or anything like that. It's more of just that movement again. And because right. I feel it all the way up to my thighs. Um, and I just like this idea that if like, I don't put too much resistance on it, like keep it midway, I'm doing it more often and it just feels good. And it actually channels anxiety for me a little bit, yeah, you know, definitely. so it's like kind of just keep this movement thing going. But, um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's only been a week, but I like it. I'm like, so far it's, oh, been, good. Like, it's been interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cause I've looked at those and thought about them and just never pulled the trigger. Cause I just always thought like, there's no way like sitting down. yeah they're just it's just smooth you know i'm not a big fan of ellipticals but i like the smooth movement and that's what makes it easy it's just you're just your feet are just moving smoothly and it doesn't make any noise so you're just like i have like a little bit of a bob but you really can't tell you know and and i'm not going that fast so but like i find during a meeting it's easy and it actually keeps me a little focused and i just kind of I don't know. I, it's, I, I enjoy it. It's so far so good. I'm, I'm... Oh, so it's quiet enough so that if I was in a meeting or teaching a class, no one would hear it. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Ooh, yeah. That's much more appealing because I'm thinking like, well, when am I really going to use this? I mean, I'm always either on the phone or in a meeting or, you know, in front of a class. And I'm like, I'm, you know. Yeah. The, the trick I read, so I read up on it a little bit about like what other people have been doing with it and like this one woman wrote an article about like she used it for six months and kind of what she saw as the pros and cons. And she said, if you want to be using it all day long, you have to do it at a lower resistance. Cause obviously the higher the resistance, the more you're going to make, you know, you're going to breathe heavier, right, right. you're going to sweat, you know, people are going to know what you're doing and you're clearly going to be moving more to try to keep it going. Whereas yeah. like midway, it's a, it's a nice smooth ride. I like, you know, Keith, Keith will pass by my office and be like, where are you going? <laughs> Just like, I'm just moving. Oh, you should join a Conqueror Challenge. Oh, Track good, of your time. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, right. So I'm just doing it on a piece of paper, but right, maybe I should. I, I, I don't know. So far, so good. It's like I've done it a couple of times. Like I haven't had that many meetings this past week, but I would find that if I'm just like I had to do a bunch of trainings, I did it then. I'm like 20 minutes of training and I'm just like doing my legs the whole time because I'm sitting here. I have to take this training. I'm not going to stand for 20 minutes. I know I'm not going to stand. So, you know, um, it's been good. All right. Awesome. Maybe I'll look into that. All right. It's time for me to go finish. So I have my, the woman that we hired to clean starts oh, tomorrow. Yay. I'm so excited. So, so you're cleaning before she gets here? I am, but I'm cleaning, <laughs> I'm cleaning different things. Like I pulled everything out of cabinets that were, you know, like uh, the spice cabinet. It was like disgusting in there. Uh, you know, things had spilled, molasses had spilled, so, you know, it's just like, they get, they just get gross. So like I did a deep clean of cabinets, you know, like I did all the things that she's, I don't expect her to clean up my spilled molasses in my spice cabinet. Yeah. So I like concentrated on all of that stuff because she's going to come tomorrow and do all the maintenance stuff that I didn't have to do this weekend. Like the floors are, you know, need desperately to be vacuumed, but she'll do that. Like she's going to be doing that anyway. So I'm like, I don't have to worry about that. Nice. So yeah. 
to finish that up now because I did make quite a bit of a mess. <laughs> so I have to like clean up, you know, she's not going to clean up my mess. She's going to clean the house. So yeah. I, I do have to like now, you know, I have to do like a good goodwill run. I have like a bunch of stuff to goodwill that's by the door and like all that stuff. So yeah. 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 I'm yeah, back already. to doing that too. That's good. No, that's good. Congrats. I think that's so important. And I think. Yes. I'm very, I love her already. She's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> In oh, fact, when we thought we might have COVID, that was my first like downstairs because we actually, Max said he didn't feel well. And I took his temperature and I was like, oh, you have a temp, you know, I shot him with the temperature gun. And I was like, crap, you have a temperature. And then I did it to myself just to, I don't know, to make sure the gun was working. Yeah. And I was like, crap, I have a temperature too. Oh. And I felt fine. And then the next words out of my mouth were, oh, what if she can't come? Like, what if the clean, you know, I was like, we're going to have to cancel the cleaning one. Right. <laughs> that was my first concern. Oh. Yeah, no, I would have been too. I, I I think that's the screwy part about COVID is like stuff like that where you rely on it. Like we had, uh, or even when the cleaning people can't come because they have a COVID scare and you're like, oh, okay, it makes sense. And then like, we don't get rescheduled for another two weeks. So like, you know, the longer period and I'm like, crap. So I'll do yeah. maintenance, but it's definitely not as good as what they do. They're, they're just much more thorough. Yeah, I'm just excited to have everything done at once because I don't mind cleaning, but I rarely get to everything at once. So the fact that like, everything will just be done. I actually, she's coming Monday. Norm has off work Monday. I really, I'm going to send the, I'm going to be like, you boys need to leave the house and then go out to dinner too. Like, I don't even want you guys in the house. I just want to like, after work, I just want to have like a glass of wine in my clean living room alone. (laughs) Right. Enjoy it because it's going to get dirty and messy really fast. (laughs) Yep. I hear you. Well, enjoy yeah. that clean space and um, thank you. Glad you didn't have COVID and uh, I'll catch you next week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.